toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes 73, 78, and 90. I have been receiving the Scalar Light energy daily and have really noticed the shifts in energy, including deeper sleep with chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a beautiful gift that I'm able to provide for my family. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Stefan Kirby. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection with our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present and take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release and take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself And breathe that light and love and imagine sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Stephen Kirby. And at a time in his life when he felt hopeless and consumed with depression, Kirby discovered his authentic self through the use of plant medicines. Little could he have ever imagined that this alternative was the answer and the blessing that would save his life, his marriage, and his family, and how it would transform his future to where it is today. Kirby is a certified TIPM, or trauma-informed plant medicine facilitator, 
Reiki master, shamanic medicine facilitator, healer, spiritual life coach, herbalist, forager, and hypnotherapist. Kirby also runs the Unchurch Church, which is a plant medicine church in the Midwest. His specialty is in working with people with trauma, including birth trauma and past lives trauma through the use of spiritual guidance, mentorship, or coaching, along with the use of plant medicines. Kirby also runs Wounded Healers Outreach, which is a mentorship coaching program to help folks with heavy trauma, especially dealing with PTSD, depression, and anger. Kirby is an integration coach and many, many other things all utilized to not just serve medicine, but to help maximize the benefits the participant receives from these medicines. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Kirby. Thank you guys for having me. And so we'd just like to open up this conversation by having you tell us uh, just about your spiritual journey. Well, that's a that's a big opening. Um, well, I think my, my my bio touches on it. Like a lot of us, I think we you know, use a pretty simple analogy. I feel the majority of us are a square peg being jammed through a circle hole. Um, if you look at mental health in this country, it's pretty obvious, right? The majority of us, the majority of people that I'm working with anyway, are on some sort of medication that tells me it's not the people, it's a system. Um, and the system is just a disconnect. So all of us feel it in some format. I felt it and um, tried the talk therapy route, wasn't successful, tried medication, it wasn't successful. And like a lot of folks that step into plant medicines, it's a last resort, or it was for me. And uh, and that was the route I went. I ended up doing uh, an ayahuasca ceremony to start with um, because I heard the old adage, like 20 years of therapy in a weekend. I'm like, that seems my speed. Let's, let's speed this whole thing up. Um, and I felt I got a little bit of that, um, but I felt it was just it was just a, a taste of it. Um, so I continued to go back um, pretty regularly for a couple of years. And, uh, and I felt the shifts. I mean, I felt the shifts immediately, but they continued, they continued. And to me, it was just an, an understanding of reality, essentially. I mean, it's all we're all trying to do is see reality a little bit differently so we can manage it. And again, so you can see that you're this circle peg being jammed through a square hole. Um, so I started with ayahuasca and then it led to uh, Bufo, which is 5-MeO-DMT, which was um, the game changer to me. That absolutely changed everything the first time I did that sacrament. And um, I did that again probably for several months and I was invited to train with the, the person that was facilitating it. And I took that opportunity and now we're off to the races. So. I think very similar to a lot of people's journey. They've, they've tried other routes. It just wasn't successful and they were looking for an alternative. And, and that was me. And I just happened to find it in, uh, in ayahuasca. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's very common. You know, a lot of people really do. They try all these different modalities that, you know, Western medicine, you know, has offered. And, you know, I think they're can be some benefit, but it doesn't really get to the root cause. And like you said, there's that experience, you know, and I've heard that and I've experienced it where it is like, you know, um, I, you know, I've said 10 years of therapy in one se session, which is what I, you know, felt, you know, because it was such an embodied feeling. And so I'm curious if you can talk a little bit more about the plant medicines that you do work with currently. 
Yeah, the few that I really, really like. Um, ayahuasca obviously is 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 one of the top medicines I like to utilize, and the five MeO DMT. Those two are my favorite. Um, psilocybin has a place that they all have a place, right? And that's the interesting part from my my standpoint. I I won't hold myself to be an expert in anything, right? I won't throw any labels out there. Just my experience. So that's what I want to do to share my experience. Um, so for me, it's interesting to. to really learn from all of them where they fit into a healing journey, right? Um, so those are two of my favorite, the 5-MeO and the ayahuasca. Psilocybin has a definitely have a place. I think MDMA, which is up and rising, not necessarily a plant medicine, um, but I think that definitely has a place in, in therapy and, and, and what we're, you know, utilizing it for healing folks. But I'd say the two that I really focus on are 5-MeO and ayahuasca. Those seem to have, um, there's enough work that I can do with those two that I, I feel most comfortable with those two. And so, yeah, so thank you for, for sharing that. I think, um, you know, I'm curious to kind of going back to that idea of, you know, how some of these plant medicines can help move through the traumas and, you know, cause so many people experience trauma so many, you know, and they don't know that there's another way to live or that, you know, they they just don't know or have the tools to get through that. And how do you see plant medicine, um, such as ayahuasca or even psilocybin or, you know, the, um, five MEODT, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> um, how do you see some of these helping move through trauma? Yeah. And, and I'd say anybody that's listening, first off, if you have any struggles in that area, give yourself some love, right? The last three people that I've served medicine to have either been doctors in psychology or doctors in psychiatry. So sit with that for a second. That's the top of the food chain for mental health. They're it. That's the best we've got, right? The doctor in psychiatry has all the good medicines, all the prescriptions, all the peer-reviewed papers, all of it, all the information. And if he's hit a dead end, where are the rest of us at, right? Um, same as a doctor in psychology and therapist. So that tells me everything I needed to know. Um, as a matter of fact, it was interesting when I was doing the um, hypnotherapy class, I was the only non-therapist in this group. And I remember day one, I felt out of place, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm just kind of a facilitator. Like, who am I to be in this in, in this class? And then day three, it hit me what I'm doing there. And it was, look, what I do is when people have given up on you guys, when they've tried everything that you have and there's no other option, that's my role. That's when I step into place. Um, and so, again, it's dealing with people that have tried these other alternatives, these other modalities and just haven't had success with it. So why are they being successful? I guess, why is the plant medicine being successful for people? Again, I think it's just an adjustment in our paradigm. Um, again, we know biologically that our eyes and our brain, we're only taking, we're taking a lot of information. We're filtering a lot of it out. Only what we need for survival. So that means there's a lot more information out there that we're not capturing that we could utilize, right? Um, and I think that's what the psychedelics do to me. The, the analogy I use is right now, I've got a, a painting of a, a vase with flowers on it, right? When you take the medicines and the sacraments, that painting now becomes a 3D picture. Now it's a vase with the flowers and I could lift it up, I could look under it, I could look, I could smell it. It changes that reality without changing the reality, there's just more information. And I think with that information, people are able to utilize that to navigate reality a little bit better of, what are they taking serious? Why do they feel that? With the 5-MeO specifically, which is such an ego death, there creates a separation between you and your ego. So you can actually watch your ego playing around in the yard. And with that, you can start seeing the program and then deprogramming yourself. 
And I think that's why it's successful more so than just talk therapy, um, because you're not talking energy out of your body. And that's at the end of the day, your ego and everything is energy and vibration, stress, trauma. It's energy and vibration. And when you serve 5MBO or some of these other sacraments, you could literally see the trauma leaving their body in energetic fashion. It's just this high rate of, of, of vibration. It's a somatic movement. So you're not talking that out of your body. You're just not. It's in the fascia. It's in the body. It's in the muscle. So you need another modality to do it. And then it's usually some sort of energetic work um, that could be utilized, again, through some of these psychedelics and other plant medicines. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious, you mentioned other modalities. So it sounds like that you partner other modalities you mentioned in your website about yoga and diet. And I think you said somatic therapy. So do you use those in conjunction with the plant medicine? How does that work? Yeah, what what I do personally, and again, I'm I'm El Dorado. I'm the weird one. I don't I don't follow the conventional game um, because I'm not into serving ayahuasca in the traditional sense of and this could offend some people, um, of the show of the ceremony. To me, it is therapy. The people I want to work with are people that are struggling. They don't need a show. They need somebody that can guide them through this process in a, in a fashion that's going to help them heal. Um, and to do that, I think you need to bring in other experts. Um, so I do. I work with breathwork coaches, yoga coaches. My wife's a, a, a licensed therapist, um, trained in psychedelic integration. We work with integration coaches. So to me... I've gone and that's how I met Stacy. I've served at some other churches. It's not my, my biggest interest. My biggest interest is meeting somebody, having conversations with them, determining what is the best route, if plant medicine is even the best route for them. Um, and then creating a package essentially of what type of modalities do we need? Do we need some therapy, coaching, breath work, yoga, plant medicine, et cetera. So to me, it's really just creating something individual for a person that's gonna help them as best you can and bring in whatever experts you can. Because I think breath work and meditation is essentially like microdosing psychedelics to some degree. If you can use this breath through the right fashion and, and uh, yoga and some of these other modalities, it gives you a taste of that consciousness. So it's like a little microdose of, of of what you're doing with the plant medicines. That's really interesting. I, I do like how you integrate all those different modalities. I'm I'm curious when you mentioned like how plant medicine can be helpful. And then you mentioned, but it might not be. So what are some signs that you receive for when you're like, hmm, maybe plant medicine isn't the best option for this person? Like, what are signs of that? Great question. An easy one is mania. So if you meet folks who are already a little manic, um, the medicines can make them manic um, because they have this connection with God, uh, whatever you want to call it, consciousness, God, source, whatever word feels comfortable for you. They have this connection that sometimes they feel that's them. So you could have that. Um, or it's just people with just bad support systems, right? So they don't have anybody they could have the conversation with, anybody that's going to understand them. Those aren't really good candidates. Really, to just again, to me personally, do you have a spiritual background? Do you have any spiritual practices already in place, especially with some of the medicines like 5-MeO, um, also known as Bufo Alvarius? So we can go down that rabbit hole if you want, but Bufo Alvarius is a DMT that comes from a toad, but they've synthesized it. The medicine inside of it is technically 5-MeO DMT, just like what's inside of ayahuasca is just what we call traditional DMT, an N-dimethyltryptoline. But 5-MeO is considered the God molecule. It is an ego death. So folks like that, they come back from that. It could absolutely blow their reality to smithereens. And some people, they're not going to be able to handle that. 
um, like a, a joking analogy I use, if you pull up in the Home Depot and grab a guy in there that's picking up a couple cans of paint, watches Fox News on the weekend, has no idea that he's not that person, you can damage him by showing them their consciousness, that they're more than just this physical reality. So to me, it really is where they're at in that path and can they even handle the reality of what's about to happen. Ayahuasca is a little gentler. You know, you can take people that are a little bit more early in the path, I guess, and, 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 and work them in ayahuasca, I think, with the right prep work. If I answered your question, too. I'm no, sorry, that, I went on a rant. That was great. No, thank you. I, I think there just needs to be some clarity around. Sometimes I find with some of the people I work with that they always assume that all plants are safe mm. and that there, there may not be any side effects. And I think it's just good to hear from someone who is much more knowledgeable than I am that, you know, plants can be very potent in various ways. So I think that's just it a good information for, for people to know who are maybe not as familiar with the different levels of the potency of plant medicine. Yeah. And, and, and understanding that there's an alternative. And I, and I think one of the problems is, and look, I'm, I'm blessed. So let, let me just be perfectly blunt. I, I had a financial planning firm for 25 years. I sold it. I made a decent chunk of change. This isn't a business for me. So it allows me to view this differently and kind of step out of the world of this and be a little bit more critical. Um, because I don't have to market. I'm not trying to bring people in. That's, that's not what we want to do. Um, so to answer your question is there's other routes, but a lot of times facilitators, it's like, if you're a hammer, everything's a nail. So it's like, oh yeah, problems. I've got the hammer. It's like, you might not, might not need a hammer. We might not need a hammer. Let's find out what we actually need first. And then again, through a little bit more research, find another tool that that's the right way to go. There's other medicine. So it really is important to evaluate, I think, folks, with an opening of understanding all these medicines. There's very few that I haven't experienced on a high level um, where I'm like, this may make more sense for them. And that's not what I facilitate. But let me get you to somebody that could facilitate that for you safely. I think that's a better route than everybody's a nail. Yeah. So you, you also, you mentioned, you know, you're not about putting on a show, which I know a lot of shamans, that's, that experience can be like, you know, putting on a show and you're, it sounds like you're doing it for, you know, to help people heal and the people who really are ready for that. And so that makes me think of the question is how do we know, like what place could, is the safe place to go? Because there's a lot of ethical considerations and, you know, scary things in this world that, um, the plant medicine, you know, world and, you know, a lot of, uh, things, sexual assaults happening and, and things like that. And so how do we know who to choose or what kind of facilitator to, that might be the best for our journey? It's probably one of the best questions we're going to dive into today. And because it's becoming a hot topic. And again, I, we're stepping into muddy territory right now, right? Everybody has their own views on it and perceptions, but here's mine. I think it is. I think participants need to do a little research, right? What what happens? Here's a big overview. I think what we've done culturally is is very strange, right? If I was on a on, on a reservation and I was doing the work I was doing, and my buddy's the hunter and that person's the cook, we're all just playing a role. There's no specialness to my role. I don't call myself a shaman. I'm just Kirby emptiness. It's all about being empty, right? People want to put these labels. And I think, again, if everything's energetic and I'm trying to walk into a healing space with all these labels on me, I'm this, I'm special. It's just taking up space in there. It's taking up space and it takes energy to play these roles. I'm just Kirby, whatever the hell that is. 
you walk into the space empty and you be what you need to be. Um, and people will sense and know that. Um, so I don't think you need to put on this show. People that put on the shows and have all the props are usually the least trained because they need all the props to make themselves look like they know what they're doing. But I feel I should be able to show into a ceremony in jean shorts and a Budweiser t-shirt. And by the end of the weekend, people know what I'm about, right? It's not about the clothes. So how do you find the right facilitator? You got to ask questions, but people see these people as we're, some, we're not special. Talk to us, right? How long have you been doing this? What's your experience? Who'd you train with? Are some other referrals? Have anybody had any complaints about you? Have you healed your trauma? That's one of the biggest ones to me. I mean, I don't, I've almost never had a ceremony, almost never had a ceremony where after the first time somebody has been served, they're like, can you train me to do that? And the question is why, why you're still full of trauma, but we don't want to heal ourselves because nobody gives you any credit for that. Nobody like somebody doesn't walk up to me like Kirby way to go. You're getting less angry at people pat on the back. It doesn't happen. So people bypass that because if I help Stacy, she's going to give me a thank you and I get to be special. Thanks Kirby. You're welcome. Right. People want that. They want to feel that connection with other people. So they see this role as a way to be special to other people. You got to avoid those people, period, in a discussion. That's all ego. Um, and they're not there for people. I, I want to help people heal. I'm sure that's at the underlining of all of it. But there's egoic currents in that because you haven't even tried to heal yourself. And then energetically, you're bringing that into the space. So for me personally, and again, we can say there's two types of facilitations and I'm personally talking about, for me, I always think there's almost nobody that comes in a ceremony that doesn't have something that they're working on from a mental health standpoint. So all my services are designed for that. Other facilitators that are facilitating for the experience and all that, fine, put on whatever show you think needs to be put on, whatever concert you think needs to happen. Those are the people that I'm working with or talking about. Um, so if you're going into a ceremony for serious healing, you need to find out what their background is. Do they have any training, any training? And I think one of the elite trainings is of course the one that I have, and it's not saying because I have it, but it's to one of the top people in the world, a Tiratan and trauma informed plant medicine facilitation. People are coming to us with trauma. You might want to know that. And so you're not traumatizing them. Little simple micro traumas. We're proud of you. Like me as a facilitator, somebody I'm so proud of you, Stacy. Do you feel that? Do you feel that talk down? Right. So there's so many little pieces of understanding how you don't traumatize people in that space. They don't want to know that. They just want to pour medicine into cups, look special and get the thanks. And so I've got a lot of concerns with what's happening out there. And I've got concerns about the legality of it, because every Tom, Dick and Harry going to order ayahuasca off the Internet and put on special robes and be important to people. And it's kind of scary, to be perfectly frank. So people need to do research. Um, you need to find out about the facilitator, their training. Don't fall for this. Oh, yeah, I had some training in the jungle. How long? How long? And, and I don't even think you need training. Don't. So we won't, that's a whole other thing. But the point is, how long have you been training with who? And what's your experience? Do you have any training in mental health, coaching, there, anything? Or are you just somebody that wants to pour medicine to a cup and get thanks? So there's kind of the hard pitch. Sorry. <laughs> 
I like the hard pitch <laughs> because it, I think it's a, a good dose of reality. And, you know, I have, I have great compassion for people who are struggling and it is, we are coming out of very tough times. I, I know you see that that's not anything anyone doesn't know. And the, the level of mental and emotional health awareness is just kind of skyrocketing. I think people are searching, you know, I have people come to me and I'm on, on the different end of like more Ayurvedic uh, medicine. So my approach is different, but I will say people are searching. They're searching to heal from a, a variety of different pain that's been brought up as we come out of isolation, as we come into more of our, I, I don't know if you'd call it normal, there's really nothing normal, but more into community and interacting with people. It's like we're relearning how to be in society. And some people have were just so scared and feared, um, just lived out of fear for so many years. I mean, I can't even believe it's been that long, but I feel like we're emerging out of this trauma state and people are looking. And, and, I, and I, like you said, I like that you don't sugarcoat it. Like this is the, the realities of it and do the research and see what resonates and do the research on the person as well. Cause I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. And, and, and you guys know you're dealing with it. You're on the front lines of it as well. Um, you nailed it. I think that there's this huge disconnect, right? Like, and, and I was one of those. I remember with my wife, I'm like, I don't like humans at all. Right. I used to say to my wife all the time, I'm like, I don't like humans at all. And then down the journey, I was like, well, I'm missing connection. Or I had some guys that we did coffee with. I'm, like, I'm missing that community. And I'm starting to see this resurgence back to community where people are stepping out of. And it's interesting because I do a lot of men's work and to see men, I have a, a, a group of men that we're having coffee together and everybody comes and we all hug each other and all the people in the room are uncomfortable with this and I'm loving it. I'm like, yes, be uncomfortable, right? And then slowly but sure, these men will argue, like, what are you guys doing over here? It's like, hey, we got you want to join. So it's, I feel positive that I'm starting to see that, especially in the men. It's very difficult. I can only, I can only speak for men. Um, it's very difficult for some of us to step out of that and then step into like, I could use some help. And that's really what it's doing when you come over to a group like that. Like, hey, what do you guys got going on? That's a cry to help to me on, on some level. So we're missing this community. And I think that's one of the best things that we're doing back here. The medicine serving, that's fine. But the, the, through that is creating a legit community where we'll have a barbecue. We'll have 30, 40 people over. Nobody's drinking. They're just hanging out and having conversations and we can go like we had one till one in the morning I'm like when was the last time you hung out till one in the morning with people and nobody was drinking it was just pure love that's what we're missing and the more that we do that the more that we model that behavior I think other people are going to become interested in that and I think that's our goal is sometimes when we do the medicine I call it like the the, the born again Christian right I was that guy you want to knock on everybody's door immediately. You got to do this. You got to change. And I really think for this type of work, it's being the lighthouse of just being the change, showing the change, not talking it. It's like your action speaks so loud. I could barely hear you. Right. So just be it. And then people will find that attractive or not, and then come to you and find out what you're up to. And there's your opportunity to bring them into what we're doing, if it makes sense for them. But people are missing community for sure. I'm sure you guys are seeing that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just being in some of these medicine communities and and really experiencing the level of community that can be created and how much love and acceptance people feel after you know just being with people and you know it's something we have all been craving and missing and even even before the pandemic you know there was like this energy of 
you know, the rat race and, you know, people working really hard and, and the community was still missing. And I think it had to take a shift in perspective to be isolated for so long to really come out of that place. And now it's like, you know, people are coming together and really honoring each other. And yeah, like coming together and not drinking, you know, I've been in those situations and, you know, I don't drink. And and so it's like, and it feels so energizing to be among people who have just the love and the, the energy and want to connect and really hear how are you doing and what is new with you and really want to sit and, you know, hear you. And that's so validating and so missing from our culture that, you know, these circles are, are really providing. Mm. It, and it's interesting because and you've been in ceremony. I mean, it's, there's an energy there that's just impossible to duplicate. I think um, I always say, like, if you come to, and when I went to a traditional church service, you walk in, everybody's, Hey Jim, how are you? Best it, you know, best, everything's great. Everything's amazing. And then you show up to one of my church services, like, dude, I'm a train wreck. Like, how about you? Me too. Right. So you just see people for their, their authentic authenticity. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't want any more Joe's in my life. I don't need that. I want like real people. So I know who I'm with. And something about the medicine provides that, you know, who people are like, you know, it almost immediately. I could hang out with you for a week and you're like, I know that person. I'm like, I know that person and their authentic nature. I don't know what you do for work. I probably couldn't tell you 10% of the people that I like, I don't know what they do for work. I don't care. It's like just another identity. People want like, I'm this like, no, you're not. But if you want me to pretend the delusion that you're pretending, we can do that for a few minutes. But you're not that man. So it does. It creates this community because you have people that you could be authentic to. And that's rare. And I didn't realize how rare that was. But now as I'm talking to most people outside of this space, I'm like, this seems kind of surface level. Mm-hmm. We're not. I don't care about the Celtics or any of that. And not picking on anybody that does care about that stuff. But my point is the connection is real. And when mm-hmm. people feel that they know it's real and they want more of that. Mm-hmm. So we just need to deliver more of that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, seeing more and more of these medicine circles pop up and, you know, and, and so I'm wondering um, just from your perspective, what do you feel like, you know, because plant medicine is coming more and more into our awareness and it's coming into on the planet, you know, I mean, it's been here for forever as we know, right. But as Westerners, you know, it's becoming more and more popular And I'm wondering if, you know, what is your opinion or what is your, what are your thoughts around like the higher perspective of what that is bringing to us for the, to the healing of the planet? Hmm, That's, that's a good one. Um, I think, um, boy, there's, there's, there's lots of meat to that. I'm going to take a step back and I'll jump into it. I want to say, when you're talking about these healing circles, I want to encourage whoever's facilitating these just a, a piece um, which is my interest is, is working with other facilitators so we all can improve, right. And, and get over the fact that we've got it all figured out. Um, but the people that are facilitating these medicine circles to again, step off the platform. I think it's important that as you create these circles for healing and facilitation, that you really overemphasize the fact of equalness, no specialness, like nobody should get to the end of the ceremony and want to do what you're doing. Unless they think there's something special there. Like, so you shouldn't be creating the specialness, right? Because I view services, it's like, well, I want to help somebody. But that's usually a down from top to down 
service, right? Like I'm going to help that person versus viewing service as like a trough in the middle of us. We're both equals. We're eating from the same trough called service. I'm getting fed from it. You're getting fed from it. Service is just the thing in the middle. We're equals on this versus I'm feeding it to you. So again, those are just these micro things that we're doing in these circles that are creating more trauma. So I want, I love more of these circles, but I'd love also to see more facilitators trying to be wounded healers, right? Like I'm with you guys. I'm not anything. Um, that being said, um, the opportunity for the medicine is again, to change people's paradigm. Unless you, if you think this is what you are, this physical form is your only reality. You're going to have a tough one, man. There's no way around that. Um, I, I don't know what else to tell you. So to me, the most important work is really helping people see that there's significantly more than that. Number one. And number two, to give themselves a little bit of a break, you're just reacting. Most of the stuff people are doing is just a program. You've been programmed since the day you were born, what to say, what to think, what to dress, how to act. You don't know that. You think it's free will. I'd question free will a lot. I'd question what you think is free will. Um, and so it allows folks this pause in between their egoic body and their conscious self. So for example, I'm driving home. Um, somebody cuts me off six years ago. I would have lost my mind. Maybe now it's like, er, hang on. I could feel my physical body reacting, but consciously I know that's programming. Nothing's happening here. Just watch that, observe that, let it play itself out. Right. There's so much in that. And I think that's what these medicines are providing for people. This better sense of what their ego is, a better sense of what programming they're running out. And until you can see the programming, you can't unprogram, you can't deprogram it because you don't even know there's a program. So I don't know if that's a good answer. Um, but I think, again, it's just changing people's paradigm on the nature of reality. And with that, everything has to shift. Everything has to shift. Yeah, so it really sounds like it, you know, just helping to get to the root, you know, where that, that ego, the, the programming, you know, is running under the surface. And yeah, I, I see it. Yeah. As helping as people heal, we, we start to really raise that the level of consciousness on the planet and people can really, yeah, create that awareness and observe their patterns and, you know, but also come back to our humanness and, and I love that, you know, and I love what you said about how being in, you know, circles, there's, it, there's no hierarchy. It's all equal. We're all the same. We're all like on our podcast, one of our taglines or whatever is called, we're just souls on the journey. We don't have all the answers. We're just putting this information out there. And, you know, so that's how this, you know, community is there's no no hierarchy there's just maybe someone with an idea or a passion or a a vision um that you know they might have but doesn't mean that you know there's someone out there that is the expert in them either so amen yeah i'm i'm curious because i think this is you know kind of really important to talk about too because like you said you had mentioned you know there's people that can go in for the deep healing and then there's people that can go in for just maybe the experience. And so that brings up the idea of this, you know, of integration and how important integration is to receive or to, well, integrate the messages from the plant medicines and what that is. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and that's a term you hear all the time. Integration is the most important piece of it, which I which I agree. But yet, there's very little emphasis on it, 
right? Um, again, from a facilitator standpoint, from the business model, they don't have it in their business model. There's no compensation in it. Um, so it's like facilitated, good luck, right? Um, and to be honest, that's how I was trained. I mean, we were doing high doses of, of 5-MeO-DMT in people. I remember the first time I did it, I didn't know what happened to me. And they just kind of scooted me over in the grass. They're like, good luck. And I'm like, that's what just happened? So it's vital because the whole point of utilizing these sacraments and these medicines are to, in some, most aspects, to try to improve ourselves. So how, how are you going to do that with that? You just had an experience. How do you make sense of that experience? How do you take it back to your life and weave it into your physical body? You know, how do you make this thing work? Um, but again, there's not enough emphasis on it. A lot of times it's an integration circle after a ceremony that's that's not integration to me. That's just sharing your story. We shouldn't even call it integration. We should call it sharing time because I'm going to share my story for two minutes and you're going to share your story. Did I integrate anything in that? No. Integration is integrating, weaving it into your day-to-day -day existence so you could improve. And again, obviously the folks that I mentioned, I'm working with people with mental health, PTSD. Integration is vital to me. I won't work with anybody that won't do the integration. That's part of the plan before you go into it. Because the experience, I've seen too many people have experiences. It says, you've been in ceremony. I don't have to bring, I've been in ceremonies where the same person's been in ceremony for like nine times in a row. I'm like, are we, are we integrating this person? Or are we just collecting checks from them? Right? So to me, integration, like the other modalities, the ones that you folks are talking about are how we can keep people from coming back to the medicine when they don't need the medicine. Um, and that's what I do because I'm not in the business of the business. The business is the business of healing. So to me, it's more effective to serve a medicine and then integrate the snot out of it than say, okay, you told me your story, come back next month and we'll just keep doing this. And also again, understanding working with somebody, it makes sense in the sense that traditional N and dimethyltryptyline, which is ayahuasca, their ego, your ego is involved. So you have to understand that. So any story that's happening in that journey, your ego is involved in it, right? So you're doing that a little bit, right? So when people said the message, the medicine told me, no, you told you, there's no, there's nothing outside of us. We are one with everything, right? Um, so the integration piece is vital because you're trying to make sense of something and it's good to have somebody help you separate what your ego is trying to weave in there and what the reality of that is. Um, especially with ayahuasca and then especially with the five MEO, because again, it will rip apart what you think is your identity and you might want to have somebody there to help re put that puzzle back together. So to me, if you're considering doing any type of ceremony, I'd really plan on having a couple, you know, two or three integration sections, uh, sessions with a, a specialist. Um, if you're working with a therapist that's not into this, you know, again, something I always bring up, I'd, I'd consider finding maybe somebody or looking around for somebody that is familiar with these medicines that can help you integrate it because it's not over after integration. What's integration to me? That's just continued mental health. It's like you had this experience. Now, what do we do with it? You're still living. So again, it's, you can see just through this whole conversation, it's more than just this medicine work. It is mental health work, in my opinion, from my standpoint, from what I'm trying to do. Um, and so to not integrate people would be no bueno, right? It's no no good. Dangerous. It's a disservice, really. It's a disservice. Yeah. And it's, yeah, because again, I didn't get integrated. I mean, I did ayahuasca. I was that guy. I was like sat in the corner every time for almost two years. I wasn't being integrated. Um, it wasn't until I really understood integration that I'm like, this is what we need because I should have maybe only been there three times. 
So I could have saved myself a lot of time and money um, by actually integrating this experience if I had somebody help me with that. So that's why I find it to be extremely valuable. Let's save people that. We don't need you to keep coming. We love you, but we don't need you to keep coming back, right? Let's get you healthy. And then I'm also curious, you mentioned um, earlier about you do work with individuals with birth trauma, since we're kind of on the roll here of, of deeper traumas. What, what does birth trauma look like and how can, you know, someone, someone identify as it as birth trauma? Because I think there's a little bit of confusion around what that means. And then how do you move through that? Yeah. How, how much, how, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> it's a very complex one is trying to identify what the trauma is. Right. And a lot of time that's done through some of the other modalities to hypnotherapy or therapy, um, or maybe that came up in an ayahuasca journey for them, or, or they've got a taste of it. And so there's a little hint that something like that could be happening. Or um, when you serve and whole nother show on 5MEO. Um, it's just a different medicine. It's on a whole nother level because people are shut down. Their default mode network shuts down. They're literally not there. Um, and from an energy working standpoint, you got the, the lay of the land. You could read into what's happening there, find out where they're off. And usually if you mention a birth trauma, that's usually what it ends up being. But if you think about it, birth trauma is the first trauma we all face, right? Coming out of the womb is not an easy experience for anybody. So a lot of times you'll find when you're doing hypnotherapy or regression that folks will go back to that. It's a dark space. They can't see anything. It, so they will start describing the inside of a, the womb and then the delivery. So a lot of times that is our first trauma that we ever face is a birth trauma. Working with a birth trauma is difficult, right? Because first it's isolating and identifying it. But I find the best tool for that is 5-MeO-DMP in my opinion. Um, and again, it's going back to what are the best tools for the trade and that one is folks have very shoddy memories of it. If memories, it's just a subconscious memory of it. And that's where energetically it needs to be moved. And that's where you can use, again, medicines like 5-MeO-DMT that will somatically help release that trauma. But it's an interesting one to watch. I've seen people curl up into balls and cry like babies and you know what's happening. Um, I've had people feel like they can't breathe, come to find out they were struggling with umbilical cords as a baby. So it shows itself in some very unique and interesting ways. And a lot of times, in most people's cases, it's the solution, right? They felt like they've solved everything else and they can't find out why they're still struggling. And then once that's identified, it makes sense. It makes sense. So I'm like, that makes sense. And then you can target it or past life regressions, you know, as far down the rabbit hole as you want to go, they're trickier to identify than just what happened when you were 13. And so, so it sounds like it could really lead someone to some deep healing when nothing else feels like they've been able to get to the root and nothing else has really worked. And so is the 5-MeO-DMT, is that the main modality that you use to identify the birth trauma or is the, are there other ways um, to do that? Yeah, we try to identify it prior to the ceremony if we can, right? Again, through some of the other the hypnotherapy, it, it will come up um, or just other therapy. It, again, if, if we've isolated, there's nothing else. But then, yeah, the 5-MA will usually reveal it to you um, and it, the way that they respond to the medicine. Not always, but a lot of times, again, you'll see the curl up, the tears. It, it, it's obvious. Um, it's a super interesting sacrament. I, I don't know if you guys have done that one yet, but it's, mm -hmm. it's called the God molecule for a reason. I find it to be the most healing sacrament in the shortest period of time. Because when we talked about earlier, what do these medicines do from perspective change? Well, dye 
go to heaven or go to consciousness, go to source, have yourself obliterated into nothing and feel that you are one with everything. And I just experience that, but know it's true and then come back. Right. Mm. You're going to be changed. Period of end of discussion. You are changed. Um, fear of death goes away. I love serving people um, in hospice. Pff, the best. Um, or people that had a loved one die uh, or have fear of death. I mean, I had a fear of death. I didn't know it. I did that. I'm like, if that's what's after this, bring it on. I'm I'm good at any moment. Um, and it makes it the, the loved ones around you. It's simple. So it's in a magnificent healing sacrament on so many levels, somatically. And uh, again, from the experience of understanding reality on another level, mm. you'll get that from it. And that's just healing. And for you folks and what you do, breath work, uh, yoga, almost everybody I've served that sacrament, I can't meditate. The day they're meditating. Every single one of them, including myself, I couldn't meditate. A week later, my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go down and meditate for like 30 minutes. It's like, what has happened to you? <laughs> and I think it's because it creates this neural net back to consciousness or source. And so you feel that little breadcrumb trail and you want to chase it. It's a very powerful healing tool mm. um, on so many levels, but there's a whole other show on that, I'm sure. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Kirby, for all of your insight into plant medicine and all the other modalities. And, and just a thank you for all the people that you have served. It's truly uh, just some really interesting times we're moving through. And it's good we have uh, another soul on the journey. And so to wrap up, can you just tell our listeners where they can find you and, and just what you're currently working on? Uh, sure. Yeah. If, if you have questions or any interest, again, I, there's no service to market. I run a wounded healer outreach. Again, if you're working with trauma, PTSD, and it's just not successful for you and you want to talk to somebody else, give me a call. And then our own church in the Midwest, again, if you're looking, again, if you're struggling with something, uh, mental health, depression, et cetera, et cetera, and you think plant medicine may be the route for you, reach out. Um, even if it's not us, we're connected with other churches across the country with different modalities, um, San Pedro, Peyo, you name it. So we work to find the right modality. If one even makes sense for you, and then we can get you the hands of somebody that's qualified. Um, so we've created a little server network of other professionals that we believe in try to keep this as safe as possible. If you're considering going to a ceremony and you're unsure, reach out. I know all, I don't know them all, but I know most of the legit players in this field. Um, and if I don't know them, I'll be able to find out who they are and give you whatever recon you want on them. It could be good, bad, the ugly, but do your research on everyone. And I'd say, I know people aren't going to like this, but if people are calling themselves special stuff, it's usually a red flag, right? If you need a special title, it's usually a red flag that there's some ego involved. So just look for some of those things and be safe. It's a powerful healing experience. But again, I'll close with this. I, I gave a young lady at the last ceremony, just a little uh, electric candle. That was it. Just a little electric candle during her journey. She hugged that candle all night long. It changed her life. A candle. Gave her to the next day. She burst into tears over this candle. It's like the greatest thing that ever happened to her. And what dawned on me was that little act changed her forever. That little act could have also been a negative act that changed her forever. Their little acts make a difference. And if you don't know what you're doing in that space, those little acts are traumatizing people. So don't go to places where people don't understand those little acts mean everything. So just be safe. That's it. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Kirby, and sharing this space for having this conscious conversation. Well, thank you guys for having me. And 
I apologize. I had a cup of coffee before the before the talk, but thank you for having me nonetheless. No, it was beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, or liking us on Facebook. Please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining. <laughs>